Hello and welcome to True Crime Diary, a light-hearted podcast on a serious subject. Every two weeks we look back through true crime stories to discuss an event that took place on this week in history. I'm your host Mark Decano and with me as always are my friends Jed Lester. Hello. And Rue Turner. Hello. So the date we're looking at, this episode is December the 8th. In 1963, two 23-year-old classmates decided it would be a good idea to strike one of the most infamous kidnappings in the America. (laughs) (laughs) You say that, but I'd never heard of this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I hadn't heard of it. Also, when you say classmates... They went to school together. Oh, sorry. I thought they were... At school at the mm. time. They'd been put back no, a couple 20, of years, yeah. They were 23 years old. Well, I know, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, we're classmates, but I wouldn't say, meet my classmate Mark. <laughs> well, that's their connection. That's how they know oh, each okay. other. Oh, that's fine. I, honestly, I didn't know this had happened, but mm. it's absolutely hate the phrase. Yeah, the thing is, it's before my time. I can't stand that phrase. It's Everything like, is before your time. <laughs> but I mean, it's like, I can't stand that. Yeah, I don't, like, it's like World War Two was before my time. But, but I know about it. <laughs> yeah, the Bible was, you know, I have heard of it. Uh, yeah, I didn't, uh, I would say most people don't know about this. You didn't know about it at all? No. When you said um, Frank Sinatra Jr. was kidnapped, I thought, Oh, I didn't know he had a junior at the end of his name. <laughs> ah, well, there's the rub, you see. Right, yeah. For those who might not know, there is a Frank Sinatra Senior and a Frank Sinatra Junior. Right. Frank Sinatra Senior, old blue eyes, the chairman of the board, mm-hmm. was the singer. And then Frank Sinatra Junior was a singer. <laughs> but it was not that one. But it's his son. And it's also not Frank Sinatra Junior because their middle names are different. So, so I don't have the same name. Who ah, right. Junior. Oh, right, mm-hmm. so it's not Frank Sinatra. <laughs> Frank Sinatra 2.0. So why are we doing this, boss? <laughs> because it was That's kidnapped. That's why it's some... Well, you don't give... No, who cares about <laughs> that bloke's being kidnapped? So it's Frank Sinatra's son. Frank yeah. Sinatra's son. It's not as good. Forget it. <laughs> <laughs> not interested. <laughs> who was the mother? Nancy. It was Nancy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was worth not asking. Not Nancy Sinatra, his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Nancy Sinatra Jr. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, because Nancy Sinatra Senior was Nancy Barbado, or, okay. or Barbado, or Barbado. So hang on, the, Frank and Nancy got married and had a son and a daughter called Frank, Frank and, and Nancy. Nancy. Yeah. yeah, that's confusing, isn't it? Yeah. Who were singers? Yes. They were all singers, all four of them. Really? Yeah. I didn't know any of that. No. <laughs> well, there you go. We aim to entertain and educate. You won't tomorrow either. <laughs> you won't remember any of it at all. So Frank Sinatra the second. The rubbish one. It's not the rubbish one. <laughs> Can you just trust that I'm a really, really, really good singer? So he's um, Francis Wayne Sinatra. Right. And Frank Sinatra, the one we know, is Fr- Francis Albert Sinatra. Okay. So technically he's not Frank Sinatra Jr. because mm-hmm. their names are different. Kind of. It's just Frank Sinatra, yep. the younger. So he was 19 when there was uh, this a kidnapping. This is why I've Gosh. heard of it. Because it didn't happen to the correct Frank. They <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wanted to kidnap his dad, one of the most famous people in the world. Yeah. Right. Maybe, maybe they were worried about his friends. Quite, well, quite, but then if yeah. you're gonna if you're gonna kidnap Frank Sinatra's son, you should be worried about his dad's Absolutely. friends. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. These boots were made for filling with concrete, and <laughs> throwing in the river. So, All over you. So says the famous. Yeah. Nancy, not that one. The second one. Yeah. <laughs> Nancy the younger. So, Barry Keenan and Joe Amsler, 23. Oh, yeah. Class the classmates. Mates. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, they followed 19-year-old Frank Sinatra Jr. Mm. 
all around because Frank Sinatra Jr. was a singer in his own right, even as a teenager. Okay. So he was already a singer. I'm expressing my inner anguish to the majesty of song! Did, were they going after the one they wanted? Yes. Their, it the wasn't plan, a case of... It wasn't a mistaken... Right, fine. It wasn't a McKay, Muriel <laughs> McKay situation. Okay. They, they wanted to get the son because then they thought course, that the yeah. rich, famous dad would pay okay. absolutely, yeah, the yeah. ransom. The man who can write the checks would still be... Yeah. With the checkbook. Exactly. Yeah. Because if they get up Frank Senior and said, Frank Junior, we've got your rich dad, he'll go, I'm great. Money. <laughs> I've got all the money. Yeah, yeah. So on December 8, 1963, he was staying at Lake Tahoe, which yeah. is um border of Nevada and California, mm-hmm. at Haraz Hotel and Casino. Yeah. He was performing at Haraz in the, this club in uh, Lake Tahoe. He was in his room with a friend in his dressing room when the two guys, Keenan and Amsler, turned up at his dressing room and they pretended they were delivering a package. It was a, like Amazon or something. Yeah. <laughs> Early UPS. When was this? At his dressing room. What, before he was going to perform? It was 9pm, so it was probably either after performing or between So shows. basically, they were strangers in the night. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. I can see where this is going. <laughs> Have you just get on, got a list of song titles? Night. Not at all. So, <laughs> okay, I'm going to be on the back foot now. Um, so they approached the door like strangers in the night with yes. a package. But on being admitted to the dressing room, the two young men tied up Sinatra's friend with duct tape, yep. gaffer tape, and they blindfolded Frank Jr., took him out the side door of the, the club, yep. to their car, and fled the scene with their victim. I mean, that was something stupid, was it? <laughs> I would argue. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Went pretty smoothly, though, didn't it? Pretty straightforward <laughs> bit of kidnapping. Yeah, kidnapping always gets messy after the fact, though, yeah, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. The I mean, kidnapping can be quite easy, unless you're lobe. <laughs> this is where, yeah, this is where you play the game of <laughs> what mistakes happen next. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. what, was, what was the cock-up that the cool. criminals always did? I mean, that's lie. <laughs> <laughs> So the first thing, the first problem that occurred was that yes. the, the friend who'd been bound in the, oh, in yeah, the room, yeah. uh, he freed himself pretty quickly from his duct tape incarceration. Yeah, sure. You can uh, lick the lick the lick the edges, bit. <laughs> the inside bit. Yeah, yeah. Off your mouth. Oh, well, I thought you were talking about his hands. Were no, tight. you know when you, <laughs> you can lick your, your hands on cellotape on your mouth. Yeah, I reckon you lick your lips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He got himself freed and he contacted the police. Hello, 911. I need the police right away. And as the you pol- would. As you would. Mm-hmm. Did he see everything? Or did they tape his eyes they, up? I think he was bound and gagged. I don't know if his eyes were taped or not. <laughs> I've never heard of that anyway. <laughs> they taped his <laughs> eyes. That's pretty unkind, isn't it? <laughs> or covered. I don't know about that. But the point, the point of fact is they blindfolded Frank Jr., uh, but they t- ah, yes. blindfolded him, but they yeah. tied up. I don't know if there was a blindfold in his. Instance. Did they get him under his skin? <laughs> God, that's not, that's not the title of the song, but oh. I couldn't um, So the police set up roadblocks and yep. stopped the car. Well, that was easy. All over. <laughs> Finished. Uh, yeah, but mysteriously, they just let them go on their way. <laughs> what do you mean? They just let them through the roadblocks. Oh, they stopped road the car. They uh, blocked the road. Where are you off to, sir? Stop the- What's that noise in the boot? On your way, sir. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. Fine. Yeah, yeah. Great. 
away you go. Yeah. So they're off and away with their victim. So the next morning, the police, who have been <laughs> unable <laughs> to, uh, or incapable, I should say, yeah, sure, sure. of solving the crime, they call in the FBI. And, and this would have been gigantic, wouldn't it? This, oh, yeah. Uh, mm. This breaking news. So, 63, so, I mean, I suppose arguably... Sorry, did you say, say 63? 63, yeah. I mean, I suppose arguably he... Well, it would have been gigantic, because he was big star in the 40s or whatever. Yes. And, I don't know, trajectory was even even I mean, larger. Yeah, I mean, well, there was a period in the 50s where he was completely out of favour and couldn't get really booked for anything. Had he done something wrong or just times moved on? It, well, because his image was tarnished by his ties with the mob. Ah, uh, right, right, right. Because all his mates were gangsters. <laughs> most notably, San Giancomo, who right. was head of the Chicago outfit. I enjoy collecting protection money, putting whores to work, loan sharking. I enjoy planting bombs in people's cars. These are a few of my favourite things. We've heard of the Chicago outfit because that mm. used to be Al Capone's mob. Blimey. That's, so, that so this is proper gangsters. When yeah. friends of Sinatra used to hang with Capone's group. Yeah. So it's almost, it's ahead. a fairly indirect... It was years ahead. Oh, right. So Capone was late 20s, 30s. <laughs> yeah, exactly. People who knew each other from that time yeah, were all mates. Right, yeah. And course, in, yeah, yeah. in the entertainment business and in the mafiosi. So when you come back into, like, go through the war and you come into the 40s, they all know each yeah. other, he's around. Everyone's mates of mates. Yeah. And don't forget that um, Frank Sinatra's big, I mean, he was big in the 40s, as I say. They yes. were t- there was a time they were talking about him being, that the, could be taken over from Bing Crosby yeah. as the, the main crooner, the, you know, the young buck. Yeah. Um, there's a Disney, at least one Disney cartoon with him them two caricatured in it so I mean they were, they were so famous that they were to Disney's yeah. attention to Total. put them in film but then they're going oh he's, he's all mobs and gangster right. types yes, okay. he's hanging out with nefarious people so he kind of slipped off and don't forget that his big launch as we would know it is from his residency in Las Vegas yes and formulation of the rap whereas 40s was film 40s was film Mainly. well it had been so, club crooning okay. mostly and then he got into film and those are mob clubs mob clubs and then he would have got into films, so the films would have been huge. Then he fell out of favour, and then he got his big residency at Las Vegas where he formed... He brought in people like Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Sammy Jr. Davis Jr. Yeah. But don't forget, Las Vegas was mob-founded. Yes, right. Okay. Mm. It was all run by the mob. This is our objective. Las Vegas, Nevada. Mission? To liberate millions of dollars. Also, that gives you ties to Kennedy, because Kennedy's whole presidential campaign was mob-funded. Was he? Yeah. They're big mates with um, his dad. <laughs> Mr. Kennedy. Mr. Kennedy. So JFK's dad, he was mob-tied with Giancomo, all of that stuff. Right. Giancomo got Kennedy, all his women, Marilyn Monroe and all this. Did like, he bump him off? Well, big argument to say yes. When Kennedy was murdered, everyone. Kennedy was murdered <laughs> a, a week before. Spoiler alert. Yeah, but a week before. Ah, this is December 8th. He Blimey. was killed in November 22nd, so l- less than a fortnight beforehand. Kennedy had been assassinated. I mean, that's arguably totally unconnected. But but Kennedy and, Kennedy and Sinatra were mates, <laughs> mm. right, and everyone yes. was, everything was pointing at a mob hit oh, because uh, Bobby Kennedy had this whole thing about pursuing organised crime based on the fact that the mob helped get them elected on the basis that they would back off. Yes, yeah. right. Yeah. But he didn't. But he didn't. <laughs> if anything, they ramped it up. So there's more than a small amount of evidence to suggest right. that the mob were at least involved. And Hoover was, um, J. Edgar Hoover was leaning on um, Sinatra to lay down his 
his association with the mob. Yeah. He was pressuring him to kind of really? become uninvolved. Yeah. Which he sort of did, but he didn't. You know, I mean, he, vi- he visibly became less involved with the mob, but actually yeah. he was still carrying on. And, Ke- and Kennedy, yeah. Kennedy and Sinatra were big mates. They would hang out a lot. Kennedy and Sinatra. Right, okay. But then, Kennedy, because Kennedy then had to, because he was president, he had to try and dial back the yeah, association with crime. Yeah. That meant he dialed back Sinatra, which, you know, Sinatra was really upset. And when Kennedy got assassinated, Sinatra thought it was the mob. So then when his son was kidnapped, he thought, that's the mob uh, okay. in leaning on me to keep my mouth shut. Blimey. So it's a big old thing. <laughs> it is. Those bad old gangsters. Anyway, it turns out, probably wasn't the mob. <laughs> it was these two <laughs> idiot kids. Why did you kids. say that at the start? <laughs> Because there was an interesting little uh, side, side yeah. bombs. But it's all connected. Crisscross. Mutual interests. <laughs> Conspiracies can be very exciting. Mm. Yeah. Even, Even when almost, untrue. Almost <laughs> always not true. I mean, everything I said was true. <laughs> anyway, the point being that Sinatra was... He was so convinced that the mob was involved sure. that when he received a ransom demand for $240,000, he offered them a million. That's a lot of scratch. man could retire on that amount of scratch. Well, four times more than four times. It's not how haggling works. No, and they said no. (laughs) We want two hundred. We want two hundred forty thousand. That's what we want. Here's a million. No, quite specific number. Half a million. (laughs) That's too much. I would have asked for two (laughs) fifty. Two forty is quite specific. Mm, It is quite specific. That would be about two point three million today. Again, uh, it's too specific. (laughs) But they asked for. 2.3 2.3 million and he offered them 10 million effectively yes yeah, and they right, said no yeah, yeah. we want 2.3 <laughs> <laughs> they said no they said I'll no I'll do it mine <laughs> <laughs> <Damn>. uh. <laughs> got in under the radar <laughs> Hello, my name's Mark Decano and I host the Comedy in a Nutshell podcast in which I talk with those in and around the comedy circuit and most especially the comedians about what comedy means to them. Simon Amstel plus Lena Dunham plus Mr Blobby. I thought that would be a good combo. Every gig you get is somebody else not getting a gig. I've had sometimes I've had people like pull out a notepad and I've been like, oh no, no, thank you. You are a jester and you're here to bring light relief to people's lives. Somebody at the end was like, oh my God, she's dirty. <laughs> I was like, oh. Thank you very much. My boyfriend says he feels like he has to tread very carefully because he was like, I know that everything has the potential to become material. I can now give to people and they definitely in that moment are having a good time. So if you want to know more about what comedy means to the people at its heart, then hear it straight from the horse's mouth. Comedy in a nutshell, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Fringe, baby. So, Keenan, he called in another man, a third man, John Irwin. Now, he was going to be the go-between. He's the one who got in contact with Sinatra Sr. About the instructions from the kidnappers. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. This is a recording. You've dialed the right number. Now, please hang up and don't do it again. He gave them a demand. He offered their counter-offer, which they declined. So Sinatra got the money together, he gave it to the FBI. They took pictures of it in the cake, they put it in a briefcase and took photos of it. Because they'd never seen anything like it. Because they'd never seen money. <laughs> sure. I'm sure that the FBI in 1963 were very familiar with mobsters handing them money. Yeah. So the, the plan was that they would take a briefcase full of money on the morning of the next day, December 11th, down to a, a, a Texaco garage. In Sepulveda. Texaco Garage. Texaco. Mm. I thought that was just here. No. The Texaco Garages. <laughs> no, it's the Texas Oil Company. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Based in Texas. 
<laughs> not here. <laughs> so Texaco Garage in Sepulveda, California. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Yeah, Sepulveda. 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 Darth sister. <laughs> <laughs> At that spot were parked two school buses. Yes. And the idea was they would drop the briefcase between the school buses. What, in between? In between. Betwixt. Betwixt mm-hmm. bus. So they did. The FBI took the money, dropped it between the two school buses, and walked away and left it there. Nothing cute. Nothing fancy. Just pay the ransom money and report back here. So Keenan and Amsler went to pick up the money. Mm-hmm. Now, the interesting thing is, the guy they brought in, while they're going to get the money, the guy they brought in, Erwin, he decided that, uh, actually, this whole kidnapping like not for me. So he let Junior go while they'd gone to get the money. Okay. What do you mean, let him go? He freed him. Released him. Oh. <laughs> okay, buddy, you're free. Now escape. Go. So we had, they hadn't got the money yet? No, they got to... So the two main guys had gone to get the money. Yes. Amsler and Keenan. While they'd while gone. While they'd gone, Erwin, the guy who'd been brought in to yeah. basically make the phone calls for, for some reason, he let him go. Oh, that's ridiculous. Got nervous. I mean, send in the clowns. <laughs> the it's lowest so of it's <laughs> So tenuous. So Amsel and Keenan go off and get the money. Yeah. So they live the high life. <laughs> it doesn't work when you do it. Oh, you're not allowed to do it. Did they successfully go and pick it up? They successfully went and picked it up. And Sinatra Jr. basically turned up in Bel Air, bumped into a security guard and said, Hey, I'm, oh, because he, I'm Frankie Jr. He'd literally been... I've been kidnapped. He was off you go. Yeah. Well, there you go. And right, the security right, right. guard said, Oh, yeah, you're the third one today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man, you ain't never meet no Frank Sinatra. So in order to sort of keep him secure so that people wouldn't like recognise him, they put him in the, in the boot of the car, the trunk, if you will, of the patrol of the security guard in his car and um, drove him to Nancy Sinatra, mother, Nancy Senior's home, yeah, mm-hmm. which was in Bel Air. Because they were divorced, they were separated. Oh, it was. So she okay. lived in Bel Air and he, he lived uh, elsewhere. Elsewhere. <laughs> 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 Interestingly, because yep. the kidnappers had demanded that all their contact had to be done by payphone, Sinatra Senior yes. um, was worried he wouldn't have enough coins for the payphone. <laughs> yeah. What, that was his main... No, that's not his with main. With a, a suitcase with 240,000 in it and not enough was, coins. <laughs> that was a concern. Yeah, well, you know. Doesn't take notes. Exactly. But for the rest of his life, he always carried 10 dimes in his pocket. Always. Really? Yeah. And he was buried with 10 dimes in his pocket. Wow. <laughs> because he was always paranoid about not having enough money to pay for because of this. Come on, There you go. Wow. So now Sinatra is free. Sure. He told them everything that he knew. That he happened. told the FBI. Sure, yeah, yeah. He had barely seen two of the kidnappers and he'd only heard the voice because of the it was dark and he got blindfolded or something well presumably well yeah because he had been we know he'd been blindfolded yep he said he'd barely seen so he gave him what description he had so he might have caught glimpses sure and he only heard the third the voice of the third person which would mm-hmm. have been Irwin okay yep so using the clues given by Junior yes the FBI tracked their way back to Canoga Park and found the house where they'd been oh wow them. quite good isn't it yeah it's pretty good it was a very good year <laughs> so they found fingerprints yeah. they found fingerprint on a roll of adhesive tape which matched the tape that they had been mm-hmm. taped with they found uh, an envelope 
with fingerprint on it, which was at the house. The house had been rented by Amsler, one of the people. Sure. Classic rookie mistake. Classic. Do you think this was their first... Do we know if this was their first no. foray? No. I mean, they were, quite, they were quite young to be experienced kidnappers. Yeah. So, I mean, they might have been wrong-uns, but I think if they had been kidnapping, they probably would have been better at it. But. Yeah, sure, sure. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it went relatively smoothly to begin with. Yeah, sure. But um, they were young at heart, basically. <laughs> yes. But also, as in all, always in these cases, there's someone who breaks, isn't there? And we've already had the guy brought in, the third man, Irwin. He's already uh, let the guy go. He has, yeah. He mm. didn't even need breaking. No. He, no. he quit, basically, didn't he? He went, forget this. Yeah. And of course, then the next thing he does, he reads in the press that the FBI have found the house. Yes. So, of course, course he then, yeah, yeah. so naturally, he then breaks down and tells his brother everything. And his brother calls the FBI <laughs> right, and no, grasses okay. him up. Right, 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 right. Have I done something? Said something? Why does my brother despise me? So Keenan and Amsler were then captured within hours, having been named by right, right, Irwin. Right. And they got almost all the money back. Oh. So this is mm. a few days after the kidnapping. And after picking up the briefcase. And after picking up the briefcase. Which contained... It didn't contain a million. It had the, the money they asked for, 240000 oh, okay. right. yeah, yeah. So now the three are all in custody and most of the money. Yeah, yeah. So minus expenses. Minus some, <laughs> minus some, some small expenses. So initially they had high hopes. <laughs> yes. The three were all prosecuted for kidnapping. Yes. Keenan was at one point put forward as being legally insane and not responsible for his crime. Really? Yeah. Blimey. It's funny how, how, how legitimate was that? Until... Yeah, they will find until they're caught. Yeah. One of the arguments from the defence was that um, Sinatra Jr. himself had orchestrated the kidnapping as yeah, a publicity yeah. stunt. Sure, yeah. Well, that would have been quite easy for him to deny, obviously. But there was another piece of evidence, as well as the confession of Erwin, Keenan had also written a confession, <laughs> put a confession in writing. Yeah, that was weird. And put it in a safety deposit box. When? Well, like, I mean, before, yeah. Before early, they'd done it. Early on. I don't know if it was before they'd done it or shortly right. after they'd done it. Oh, nice. But he had absolutely yeah. no, why, no idea why he would have done it, but, but he wrote you, a confession and put it in the safety deposit Why box. would you do that? Just make it worthy. Because... <laughs> trying to start a new drinking game. <laughs> Did he say who was who like was doing it with him? I mean, in what? this confession, was it? Did he say it was? I don't have a copy. Yeah. Did, did he say it was just you know it's me and my shadow? <laughs> don't you get into that? <laughs> <laughs> so all three were convicted for kidnapping. Life plus seventy-five years. Wow. What the hell? <laughs> what did I ever do to you? You took Frankie away and you turned Lenny into a dolphin. Does what? life mean life? No, that's well, not. no, no, it's... Because otherwise it's, that's pointless. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, like, he's lost, dead, but he's got another nine years. Plus a million years. No, that's because if they get eligible for parole, it's a lot... The point is, it's very long. But none of them served that. Any, either oh, of those sorry, two right, things. Okay, life, right, fine, fine. They didn't serve life all 75 years. Oh, okay. They both got out quite quickly. So the, the US, does the... the do they have a distinct... Because we here have a distinction between life and whole life sentence. Well, I presume back then... The whole life sentence means life, as you might yeah. literally think. 
Yeah. Well, you have a you have a life sentence, yeah. and then you have a whole life order added to it. Okay. Which is the the life bit of it? I think life used to typically be like twenty five years, wasn't it? But you'd serve. But you'd be eligible for roles that you come out a lot. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So it's like a hotel for monsters. Life plus seventy five years for Keenan and Amsler, yes. and a mere seventy five years for Erwin. <laughs> mere. Did any of them serve anything? A. Did any of them serve anything? B. Uh, why was it binned? <laughs> I mean, if I was them. I'd probably want... I don't know, being inside wouldn't have been as any better. My point is that people would have been after them, but... Yeah, well, that, because of this contention... Frank's of, mates. Because of this contention of possible legal insanity... Oh, yeah, yeah. Terms were reduced to 25 years, but they got out a lot earlier than that. Am- Amsler and Irwin did three and a half, and Keenan did God. four and a half. Well, that was it. So life plus 75 basically came down to four wow. years on average. Blimey. Well, nothing. Keenan was out well. in 68. Yes. And by 1983, he was estimated to be worth $17 million from real estate dealings. Just a, a new Just career. Turned over a, a new leaf. Well. Came out, got into real estate, made his fortune. People are no damn good, but they will always need land and they'll pay through the nose to get it. 1998, he gave his story to the newspapers yeah. and Columbia Pictures offered $1.5 million dollars for a film deal for him and his conspirators. Yep. And Frank Jr. filed a lawsuit to block it and won. Yeah, I, mean, I can understand that, considering everyone was still there and alive. And Yeah, well, the, uh, California has a statute forbidding felons from profiting from right. crime. Yes, yes, yes. Right. So he argued that they were just basically selling the story of their criminal activities. So That's fair enough. He stopped it, and it was violating his First Amendment right. Right, yeah, okay. I'm an American, I have rights. So Keenan is still around, he's in his 80s now. Is he? And Frank Jr. passed away in 2016. Did he? He did. It's a terrible thing. Everybody loved Frankie. So we find ourselves in Popcorn. So there's a film in 2003 called Stealing Sinatra. <laughs> William H. Mason. Hey! Uh, and then apparently there's another one. I don't know if it got completed with um, German tenure called Operation Blue Eyes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. As of March 2020, Operation Blue Eyes still hasn't been made. <laughs> oh, is it not? No. They seem to have only cast uh, one actor so far. Actually, at the time of the kidnapping and the Kennedy assassination, yes. Sinatra was working on a movie, um, Robin and the Seven Hoods. Robin Hood and the Seven <laughs> Dwarves. Very <Merry> late. <laughs> yes. Robin and the Seven Hoods. Yeah. That thing? Well, it's, it's a, it was a modern, to the 60s, retelling of the Robin Hood story. Yep. But instead of being outlaws hiding in the woods, they were gangsters in the city. Oh, the hoods. So yes. they're hoods. Okay, the hoodlums. Yeah, yeah. So it's basically, they were playing themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's basically him and the Rat Pack. So it's a uh, Dean right. Martin show. Yeah, yeah. So because then they had the assassination and the kidnapping, they were going to shut down production completely. So that's kind of said. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. But they did actually complete it. And it's not terrible, actually. It's all right. Yeah, okay. It's all great. It's what you'd expect from the Rat Pack is Dean Martin and Sammy Davis making loads of jokes. Yeah. And then singing a song. And then <laughs> uh, singing the song. And Peter Lawford sort of standing nearby. <laughs> as he did. 
yep. saying, I'm Kennedy's brother-in-law. I'm also in this group. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. One of my favourite things about Frankie Jr. Oh, yeah. I mean, first of all, he was a singer in his own right, like I say. He's quite, he became quite famous, not as huge as his quite papa. He had a bunch of albums. He played loads, loads of shows. He's been on TV um, a lot. Yeah. My favourite appearance of, of him was on Family Guy. Meaning he was drawn, or he was drawn he was... as himself. Right. Yeah. Uh, so did he play? Himself? He played himself. Oh, yeah, cool. And he was <laughs> in season four. There's an episode called Brian Sings and Swings. Right. You know, it's like into his swing music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And him and um, Stewie duet. Yes, I know. So yeah, they yeah. meet Frank Sinatra Jr. and they all go on a singing swinging tour. Yes, they do, don't they? Yeah, yeah. they and, literally do it. Yeah. Countrywide tour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, they introduce. Frank Sinatra Jr. as a member of the board, <laughs> yeah, right, as opposed to member, chairman of the board, which is his dad's nickname. But uh, and he sings, they sing. Obviously, he sings throughout. They sing, sure. yeah, and then he sings the Family Guy theme tune over the end credits. Oh, does he? Oh, it's really funny. That's my favourite one. But obviously, he's been in a bunch of things, a bunch of albums. He's he sang the Star Spangled Banner at Yankee Stadium, like they always had something to do that. Yeah, yeah. In New York, New York. <laughs> yeah, yes, <laughs> that that That's Yankee Stadium. <laughs> Yep, he also got offered a role on Star Trek in the Deep Space Nine series. Um, offered? He was offered a role because he was a big Star Trek fan. Is Deep Space Nine... Um, yes, that's the shit one. The shit one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say... It's the one where they boldly don't go anywhere at all. Who's in that? Is Deep Space Nine got Seven of Nine? No. No, that's next gen, isn't it? Isn't it? Yes, yeah. yeah. It is mentioned in um, in the Picard series. Deep Space Nine is one of the stations that they passed through. He was meant through, to be in it. Well, he, the, the the part he was offered in Deep Space Nine was Vic Fontaine, which is a lounge singer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a lounge Fontaine, singer. That's such a. The title of the first episode that Vic Fontaine appears in <laughs> is His Way. It's which is yeah. an obvious reference yeah, yeah. and he sang fly me to Arcturus they offered it to him but he turned it down yes. because yep. he said I only want to play an alien and Vic Fontaine's not even a human though he's, he's a hologram right. so no, I want to be an alien and they said no I would have gone yeah alright <laughs> it was a load of makeup or whatever. They made Dwayne the Rock an alien. Did they? Yeah. He had a big foldy head. <laughs> foldy. <laughs> foldy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, like yeah, a you know, big foldy head. Like they do. <laughs> what does that mean? Like well, like, um, like Worf. But it's not, not a Klingon, but just a, like a little foldy forehead, like, oh, other, yeah. like other Klingon-style races. <laughs> also, in a role a little bit on the nose, he played himself in The Sopranos. Of <laughs> course. Um, cool. That's uh, well. I mean, he he wasn't him who had ties, I suppose. But well, so if you're brought up in that environment, though, you can't not have yeah, yeah it would have some known associations. All, he would have seen his dad hanging out with yeah, yeah, yeah. all these hoodlums. Everyone walking around with fedoras. All the time. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah. So it's a nod or a, mm. a chuckle. Well, it might have been it might have been a slight to his dad, maybe because his like his dad tried to stop the um, Godfather being made. Because he said it was about him. Well, yeah, and again, this is might be part of his whole sort of paranoia. Paranoia about, yeah, yeah exactly. So I'm trying to be on the mob's yeah. good side. Sure, sure. But it got made anyway, and it wasn't bad. You heard it here first, folks. The Godfather <laughs> was not bad. 
That's all for this time. If you want to know more about what we've talked about on this episode, then just Google it or something. You can listen to all of our previous episodes on our website. That's www.truecrimediary.co.uk. Please remember to leave a review on your podcast provider if you can, or you can email us. That's stuff at truecrimediary.co.uk. My thanks to Jed and Rue and to all of you for listening. And we'll see you again on next date in our True Crime Diary.